What is the best advice that you've ever gotten? The best advice I ever got, I can't actually pinpoint to a direct person, but it was the quote, what got you here won't get you there. And not in a girl bossy, intense way, but I've had so many points in my life where I've needed to pivot or I've needed to make sharp changes or I've needed to do something drastically different than what I was doing before. And it's so outside of my personality type to want to do that 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 advice has always gotten me through and been like, you can't just repeat the same things over and over and over again. You're always going to be in this ever-evolving, what got you to where you are now is not what's going to get you to where you are next. And being comfortable with that was the best advice I've ever gotten. For everyone listening, hello, welcome to the show. We are here with Justine Doran. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Okay, good. She is a viral sensation. You probably see her recipes everywhere. She's the founder and recipe developer and food stylist of Justine Snacks, a viral social media account. She has, I think last time I checked, over 2.3 million TikTok followers and over 600,000 Instagram followers. So, Justine, thank you for joining us here on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And that was a little intro that I did from my very basic level research and having followed you for a while. But give us a little intro on yourself. What do you do? Tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so I like using the term recipe developer because I feel like it really encompasses everything that I do, but I definitely got my start on social media. So yeah, you were right with the TikTok, the Instagram. Those are my main places where I have my audience and where I like to share my work. But then I also have my blog, Justine Snacks. What I do is I definitely am a recipe developer first, but I also like to share my perspective on food, my perspective on cooking through voiceovers, which I think like TikTok and Instagram have given us that like new unique tool. And it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I was honestly, when I was like, okay, what should I say is her bio? I'm like, I need to add storyteller in there because that's really what I find so unique about your page too. I really appreciate you saying that because I didn't set out to tell stories. I just got so bored with narrating a recipe that I was just like, I think it's, I think I'd rather tell the thought behind the food or the thought behind what I was thinking when I was making the food than actually discuss how to whisk together egg whites or something like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you really give into the fact that we just need constant stimulation nowadays. And so not only do we get to watch beautiful food being made, but we get a story at the same time. It's like you never get bored. My fiance and I, like a year ago when I was really struggling with attention span stuff, I'd tell him that I was watching a show and I called it my mindfulness hour because I'd put my phone away and I'd mindfully watch a show. And I was like, I can't believe this is even a practice that I have to implement. So true. No, I, th- I feel the same way. If I go through a whole movie without looking at my phone, I'm like, oh, wow, this was like really a special calm moment for me. <laughs> I completely agree. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this world of content creation. You were a publicist. Your road did not lead really here. No, I think one of my favorite things to say is that we all give tiny hints when we're growing up about what we're gonna be. I'm sure you had hints that pointed to art or something like that along the right way. I don't know. I could be completing that. Um, 
honestly not in any way she reformed for me but i agree with what you're saying so let's lean into that yes i was just always i was a kid who was very interested in food but that was not a realistic life path for me so i went to a hospitality school because i always really liked serving people i really liked the guest services customer service aspect but then with how to get a job out of college i ended up in publicity and was just very lackadaisical and i was like okay this is my path this is how i'm gonna make money forever and ever and ever until i retire And then TikTok came along and I was working in television publicity and I was like, oh no, my boss is going to ask me how to work this new app. I need to figure out how to be on it. And the pandemic had happened and I was like, okay, we're going to be out of work for six weeks and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to have this tool and my boss is going to be so happy with me. So I looked for what types of videos I could make that would keep me anonymous so I wouldn't lose my job. And food videos, I didn't have to show my face or do anything. So I started doing fun little food videos those caught traction. And this whole thing was not to gain a following. Um, When I started my Instagram, it was just so people could go somewhere to get the recipes that I was posting on TikTok. My Instagram started as just screenshots of little TikTok videos. And then through the process, I started using cooking as a creative outlet, storytelling, really diving deep into my relationship with food and self-healing through the process of cooking on a public forum. And I just got really lucky that people resonated with my recipes, that people resonated with my stories. Really unlucky in the fact that my job couldn't maintain me as an employee and me as a content creator. So I had to choose one or the other, which is I did not set out to quit my job, but it happened that way. And that's my little origin story, but I think it was really worth it. That is such a cool, unique story and so many points I want to touch on. But I guess we'll start with the question of the show and then see where that leads us. Then I can ask all my other questions through this journey of yours throughout your life, even wherever you want to dig into. What is the best advice that you've ever gotten? My The best advice I ever got, I can't actually pinpoint to a direct person, which I feel really bad about. But it was the quote, what got you here won't get you there. And not in a girl bossy, intense way. But I've just had so many points in my life where I've needed to pivot or I've needed to make sharp changes or I've needed to do something drastically different than what I was doing before. And it's so outside of my personality type to want to do that, that that advice has always gotten me through and been like, it's not and you can't just repeat the same things over and over and over again. Like you're always going to be in this ever evolving. What got you to where you are now is not what's going to get you to where you are next and being comfortable with that was the best advice I've ever gotten. I think that's beautiful. I think what that really speaks to also is just getting out of that comfort zone and doing things that feel uncomfortable and feel unnatural. It sounds like you did that with this whole career shift. Is that probably the most recent story you'd say of how you put that quote into action? I actually in this career and it's content creation is so funny. I think In my career, I've now had to make three pivots in content creation in general. So I started playing it very, very safe. Like when I had just quit my job, I was like, I'm just going to do videos that are no sound, no audio. I'm going to play it super safe. I'm going to protect myself. I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm not going to become controversial. I don't think I'm controversial now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then I had to pivot and I had to start showing myself more in my videos, using my voice more and really connecting 
with my audience and making sure that it was a two-way conversation. And that was a huge pivot for me. Not only is it more work to think about your content and plan it more and make yourself a part of the video, it's a big risk in terms of being vulnerable. So that was the first big pivot in content creation was just becoming a creator, which is a risk. And then the second one was becoming a personality on top of that, which I never, I'm so grateful for what I have, but I never set out to be a no person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the third pivot is where I'm at right now, where it's just, I wouldn't even call it a pivot to be striving or reaching for something, but what I'm doing is I'm pivoting to become really comfortable and confident where I am and not pushing myself so hard and not striving to always be the next viral sensation and just trying to create a very comfortable space um, where people know what they're getting and it's not um, go, 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 go all the time. And even that risk, is it's the risk of not feeling super go-getter and ambitious in a time where I think it's more valuable to do something different because that's going to get me to the next portion of my career or my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, no. Everything you just said resonates hardcore. I mean, I kind of followed the same idea at the beginning, like, oh, I don't have to show my face. This is so cool. Never thought I would get more than like five followers. And then now, even with this podcast, I'm showing my face, I'm showing my personality, and it feels so vulnerable. But I do feel like content creation and being, quote unquote, an influencer has so many phases to it because you not only have to decide what you're comfortable with showing to everyone else, but who you really are as a person and what, how much of that you want even showing on social media. It's just this crazy balance. You just think it's easy as like, oh, I'll just be myself and put it on social media. Yeah. But it's just, it's not. There's like a lot of intricacies to it. And I think you just pointed those out so well. It's also like a crash course in setting your own boundaries and also like becoming very, very confident in who you are, which is, again, not what you'd expect. Because from the outside, I was like, you don't need to do that. And then it's just, I even hate the term boundaries. I'm like, that's so overused. But it's just like making sure that you are comfortable with what you are sharing. Yeah. And I think with any account, like mine, I just share art, you, you share recipes. People are probably like, oh, that's so lucky. You don't really have to share anything too personal. You don't really have to share anything about yourself, but you automatically do. It automatically goes in that direction. Whether you like it or not, like you said, like people were going to want to get to know you and they were going to want to know who the person was behind these recipes. And so at a certain point, you don't really have an option. But I guess, like you said, it's about creating those boundaries so you feel comfortable with whatever you are sharing out there. Yeah, absolutely. And people really, really want to connect. But there's, it's, and I likewise want to connect with as many people as I can. I feel like it's a reciprocal part of the human relationship, but it's just figuring out how to do that in a way where you, you don't actually know everybody, but you feel like you do. Yeah. And it's so scary. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm always like, are people going to like me? Like, If I do show XYZ side of me, I think it's fine and relatively likable, but will they? Yeah. And that's what I meant when I was like, it's a crash course in being so sure of yourself because that does not come naturally to me. Self-assurance, not come naturally to me. But here we are. I completely agree. Have there been 
a big lesson that you've learned from this road of content creation and becoming viral? What would you say your biggest lesson has been? Ooh, that nobody's got. Wow, this is not playing into what we were just saying, I promise. But I did learn <laughs> that you can think you're the most unoffensive person on the face of the earth, but no, you can't please everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. And that was hard for me to swallow when I did get negative comments about things that I thought were just the most plain Jane inoffensive things. But you just, you can't please everyone. Yeah. And how have you self-actualized? Are you better at not paying attention or does it still hurt? Oh, I'm, I'm the worst person to ask. I'm very, very, I have a very thin skin. Which oh, is funny. You and I both, Justine, we seem very similar. <laughs> very, wait, what are you into astrology at all? Can I ask you? Sorry. I'm a Gemini. I am too. No way. Yeah. I'm not super would, into astrology, but we have the same sign, so I feel like that would mean something, right? It means we're both talkers, which is why this is probably going really well. But, I love but it. I also, my rising is Cancer and my moon is Pisces, so it just means I have a lot of feelings. So I am a very thick-skinned in like work and professional when people are critiquing my actual just like output but yeah. when it's about me i'm very thin-skinned so i'm not the best person yes. about feeling self-action okay but then being thin-skinned a fellow <laughs> thin-skinned person here and i'm still trying to figure out how to deal with it luckily again i really don't put as much of myself out there at all as you do but you really do. And like you share a lot of personal things. How do you deal with that? Well, see, I think feedback is so important in any job. And I think being aware of what this is the probably the old publicist in me. I think being aware of what's being said about you is important. So I I say I ignore it, but I also think it's smart to keep tabs on things because and this plays into food a lot. If there was something that was culturally insensitive that I just didn't know about or if there was something where yeah. I had actually messed up I think it's important to pay attention to that but when it comes to people like critiquing my mascara that's the stuff where I'm just like I don't need to read that that comment is not meant for me that comment is meant for somebody who really needs to get out their anger about grande lash md you know I think that's a great point. There's a difference. That criticism is not all equal. And there's a difference between constructive criticism that can be a really good tool to making you better and criticism that's just there, not helpful. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. just there. Mm -hmm. um, I also love asking people, and I would love to know from you, if you have any favorite quotes or mantras. You said you're a feeling person. So do you have things that you tell yourself every day? Oh my God, I have my, but I have, I don't tell myself things every day, but I do write down, I don't want to call them manifestations, but I call them affirmations every day. Like um, yeah. And I think it's, I don't want to give a direct quote because I, they change every day, but I think it's important to like affirm what you know to be true, even if you're like, oh, I already know this because it's just that extra boost of like calming. So like, I always I always write down every day that I'm learning every day, but it's easy because learning used to be very, very hard for me. It's something that I constantly have to work at with school, with everything. So I think it's important that I'm learning every day, but I'm not seeing it as this humongous battle. So it's not a quote, but it's something I write down and tell myself every day. I also tell myself every day, wow, this is getting so vulnerable and this is kind of cringy and embarrassing. I no such thing. 
I hope not. I tell myself every day that my work is good because no matter what industry you're in and no matter what you're doing, it's good to remind yourself that the output that you put out into the world is worth it and valuable. And I had to do that when I was a publicist too, because I was trying to stay aligned with my ethos when I was like in the working corporate world. So I write that down every day. I'm trying to think of other good quotes. Really good. Yeah. I just think it's important to affirm, even if it's something that you're like, oh, I already know this. I think it's important to remind yourself every day. And then I have a friend who affirms herself with things she doesn't yet believe to be true. And she says that's helpful as well. I love that because I feel like those are all things that we really don't say to ourselves enough. You're like, oh, yeah, we all know them. But anytime I've done affirmations, they almost just make you want to ball your eyes out because you're not used to saying those things out loud. If I looked at myself and was like, my work is good. It's like, no, I just spend all day critiquing it. I never really say that to myself. Yeah. So those are simple, but very poignant. I do try to get myself out of the work, work, work mentality. And that's something I'm learning a lot from other people is that I'm also more than my work. So I do hate that both of these affirmations are related to career and goals. Yeah. But I think it is. And work is always going to be a part of everybody's life. No matter how we restructure society, we're always going to have to work a bit. And it's important to affirm yourself in that, but also realize that that's not the entirety of yourselves, which is what I'm personally working on. Yeah. Do you have other messages or quotes, and you can even take a second and think about it if you need to, that are more pertinent to your personal life or relationships that have helped you? This is one quote that is very used everywhere, but I find it so valuable in terms of taking risks, and that's that the time will pass anyway. So, you know, because like when I learned how to cook, it was absolutely something that did not instinctively come naturally to me and it was very much a risk to do it on a public forum but I was like oh I'm gonna be doing this anyways with my years might as well do it publicly so the time is going to pass anyway and I live by that as well. love so, that I think Jim Carrey said something to that extent he said you're gonna spend your life working on something so may as well make it something that you love that's a that's a, I'll steal that anyway. No. <laughs> and I'm not saying it as eloquently, but I, I think about that quote a lot, especially I think for everyone who feels like their goals are taking them a really long time or like I'm thinking of like people who want to be doctors or people who they're like, well, it's too late for me. And it's like, well, you're going to live anyway. The year will be the year whether you spend it doing the long term goal or a short term goal. Oh, that brings me to another quote that is probably... It's from some self-help guru, so I really hate it. What's his name? Tony. Oh, Tony Robbins. Yeah, and I don't, and I'm not a disciple, so I don't remember where I picked it up. But he was like, people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And that really hit me too, because I'm a big planner and a big goal person. And I'm like, I can do this in six weeks. But if I really thought about it, maybe that's more like a realistic year-long goal. I love that. Yeah. Well, this question might be easier then. It's also one I love asking because I get such funny responses. But is there a worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Ooh, I like that question. I'm not going to throw this person under the bus because that would be so mean. But hear me out. This is going to sound crazy. I think the worst advice I ever got, and this is on social media specific, but it applies to everything, 
it was quantity over quality. And I think that's mm. a guys. Because I think in this world, we push ourselves to do so much, so much, so much and really ignore our gut instinct about the work that we should be doing or where we should be applying ourselves. There's bad advice that leads into good advice. So my friend has really good advice where she calls it coasting culture, where you can work, 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 work. And then there's a time where you're allowed to coast. And I think that's particularly good advice. But it comes from bad advice. The bad advice would be objects in motion stay in motion. Because while that is true to some extent, if you go, 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 there is also the opportunity to coast, which doesn't mean you're not moving, but it just means that you're taking the time to step. Yeah. And taking the time to enjoy where you're at. It's so funny. My sister and I were just talking about that. We were saying how people are always thinking of the next chapter in your life, the next chapter in your career. And it's like, why is it so bad to just say, I'm happy where I am right now? It's almost like you're not motivated if you say that or you're being lazy if you just want to enjoy the fact that you worked really hard and you're kind of happy with where you are. Yeah, no. And you perfectly took what I was saying and summed it into words. I think we have an issue against contentment culture. And it's my favorite. That's where I'm at right now. It's my favorite kind of culture. And it's not a continuous state. But it's definitely a needed state for almost everyone. Yeah, I love that. Well, then given that, I phrase this question differently, but what advice would you give to yourself? The self that is always trying to push things out and do more, more, more. But what would your more empathetic contentment self say to the, no, you have to be a girl boss, hate that term self yeah i always say girl you're a slingshot sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards is that yes absolutely i'm glad you asked that because i say that to myself all the time i'm like you're you're a slingshot chills so i love that and do you feel like that's been very true in your life absolutely every time i've taken the backwards steps It's helped immensely. I love that. Wait, wait, repeat it again. You have to, you're a slingshot. You have to go backwards to go forward. Yeah. I love it. Well, Justine, this is a beautiful conversation. This, I, it was everything I wanted. Tell everyone where we can follow you, where we can follow along with your recipes and your work and everything. You all can find me at Justine underscore snacks on TikTok, Instagram, JustineSnacks.com, where there's a link to sign up for my newsletter. Like all social media content creators, I'm all over the place, but the name is Justine Snacks everywhere. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Justine. Everyone follow along if you need delicious, cozy, just incredible recipes with incredible flavors. Follow her. And thank you, everyone.